The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our gospel lesson today, as the church stands up to, to receive our Jesus, who is revealed to us, is found right here in, in Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I searched long and hard for the very best metaphor to help you to see Jesus today. Jesus as he really is. Jesus the preacher. And I thought maybe the best metaphor to describe Jesus would be Jesus the born sprinter. Like, like here we have the sprinter who from the very bo- day that she was born, she was meant to get down in the blocks in Tokyo 2020. And hear the gun go off, the United States of America, and just go like she had never gone before. I thought maybe, maybe that captures Jesus here as he begins to preach for the very first time. Crack! The gun goes off. And he preaches repent. 
And then again, I thought, well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's not the right one. Maybe the best metaphor to describe what happens here in Luke chapter 4, verse 17 would be to call Jesus like, like the incredible hawk. Because Jesus in this lesson absolutely gets set off. And he doubles in size and strength because it says here, right, that. When John was thrown into prison, he doubled in size and strength. Maybe, maybe that describes Jesus as he becomes God's preacher for the very first time. But Matthew doesn't think that Jesus here is a sprinter, and he doesn't think of Jesus here as the incredible Hulk. He, he thinks of Jesus simply as a light. But not just any light. Matthew calls him a great light. And and this great light blinks on in, in this place that was not only filled with darkness, but Isaiah actually says that this place was a place that that was in the shadow of death. And not just any kind of darkness, but deep, deep darkness. And Jesus blinks on not just a light, but a great light. Not a sprinter, not, not the Incredible Hulk, but a great light. I thought about the different kind of lights that I've seen in my life. And the greatest light that I've yet seen is the light that they turn on every September 11th. You've seen it too. They put it in lower Manhattan where the two twin towers used to be and two great lights shine up into the sky. I had to look it up for you. Do you know how they make those two great lights? They take 88 7,000-watt bulbs and they put them together. They say that on a clear night, you can see these two great lights from 60 miles away. They say that on a clear night, that these lights reach up four miles into the atmosphere. They say that these great lights are so disruptive that they will cause the pattern of the migration of the birds to change. Now, that is a great light. And I have to tell you that this light of Jesus going on in this land of deep, deep darkness is so much greater than that. Matthew can only compare it to the rising of the sun. I want you to see Jesus today. And he is not a sprinter or the Incredible Hulk, but a great light. Now, what I want you to do with our lesson today is to mentally highlight Matthew 4, verse 17, because it says this, From that time on, Jesus began to preach Repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is what Matthew does with his little highlighter. He infuses that verse with those 88 7,000 watt bulbs right there in that verse, and he blinks it on, and then he takes it times infinity. Because that's who Jesus is. And the world has never seen a light this bright before. John came close, right? His light was bright, and it blinked on for just a moment, but his message, repent for the kingdom of heaven was near, was only preparatory. When Jesus' light blinked on, he was saying, repent, because God isn't coming. He's come. He's arrived. And Jesus then goes around, Matthew tells us, he, he, he goes around and everyone he touches is healed. Every time he speaks and he tells the demons to flee, they go. When Jesus preaches, when Jesus arrives, his light shines like no other light that we have ever seen. He is a bright light in the deep darkness. This is Jesus, the preacher. He says, repent. In other words, Whatever it was that you thought was giving light in your life, whatever it was that sort of attracted you like, like a bug in the night to a great light, it's just darkness compared to Jesus. Turn away from that darkness. Turn away from the ways of the world and turn to Jesus. Repent because God has come with all of His love, with all of His presence, with all of His healing power, with all of His forgiveness for you, and turn to Him. Jesus says, repent. Because God has arrived. Jesus, the preacher, has come. But He's not just a preacher, right? He's also Jesus, the evangelizer. And, and so as, as we go along with Jesus and we watch, it's always so striking to me how Matthew tells the story. It's, it's, so, it's so beautiful and striking. Jesus comes up to Peter and his brother and they're working with their nets. And Jesus simply says, come and follow me and I will make you to fish for people. And then Matthew says, at once, immediately, they dropped their nets and followed him. He walks along the shore a little while longer and he bumps into, we're told, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they have a little bit of a bigger fishing business. You, you notice that? They've got a boat now, and their daddy's there too. And Jesus says the same thing, come and follow me. And this time, they left not only their nets, immediately, Matthew says, they left their whole business, their boats, and their dad with his mouth wide open, 
Where are my sons going? There must have been something different about Jesus. One commentator said that what we see here is Jesus' overwhelming presence. He just shows up, says a couple of words, and people just drop everything to follow him. You know, I thought about that. You know, what would that be like today? Because what I see is something very different, at least in my household. Now, I told my daughters I was going to talk about them today. They know this is coming. When I say to my daughters, all right, daughters, it's time for bed. <laughs> Go get your jammies on and brush your teeth. Do you know what I usually see? Daddy, hold on a minute. <laughs> I'm busy, and that's if I'm, that's a good day. One second, Daddy, can I do this, please? They certainly don't drop everything and follow, do they? Are the other kids in the room like that? Kids? Do you drop everything when your mommy and daddy say, come? Maybe not. There was something different about Jesus. We, we know, we, we know that... <laughs> It wasn't that Peter and all the rest were so much better. In, in, in fact, Matthew seems to go to great pains to show us that, that these guys were not sort of specially, special servants reserved because of their great obedience. And Jesus knew ahead of time that, that they were going to just drop everything and follow him. And he goes to great pains to show us, no. These were guys living in the deepest darkness. And, and what is more, they're from Galilee. I mean, he, he didn't go find the, the power brokers in Jerusalem and, and the scribes, you know, and, and all the people who should have been the very best followers. He goes to Galilee. And so what Jesus does when he goes up to him is he really takes people that have been thrown on the junk pile. These are guys... Who, who had literally um, been confiscated. And he goes to them and he calls them out and repurposes them for ministry. Just by speaking a couple of words. Come. Follow me. And their lives were transformed. They were made into those who would sit on the 12 thrones of Israel in the kingdom of God. Imagine that. These nobodies. <laughs> these people that the, the religions and, and the power brokers of the day had dismissed. Jesus goes to them and they drop everything to follow him. There must have been something special about this man. Jesus blinked on in this lesson. And he becomes the preacher and the evangelist that we know him to be. And that's the end of the story. Now, 
I just want to think with you for a moment about what this all means for us today. Just for a couple of minutes. I think this is a big deal. Because I want you to see that a light in your life has blinked on. We know Jesus to be the preacher and the evangelist that these guys saw, but he's even more than that. We know the rest of the story. He is the Savior of the world. They saw him. They followed him. And they saw him heal and teach. And later, they saw him hang on a cross and die. And then they saw this great light snuffed out. Because he died for the sins of the world. But then, the light blinked on one more time. He rose from the dead, and now his light is shining. You know what Jesus said at the end of the book of Matthew? We're going to talk about this in Bible class later today. He said this. Surely, I am with you to the very end of the age. Now, I tell you this for this simple reason. Is Jesus here today? Preaching? I wish I could preach like him. I can't. But is Jesus here today? Preaching and saving and redeeming? Is his kingdom coming today? (laughs) We know the answer. Yes! A thousand times, yes, I want you to see him and I want you to hear him call to you, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of not just men, right? Of people. So I want you to think about this in two ways and I want this to be the theme not just for today but for the rest of our year. Even in the the burning hot months of July and August. I'm still going to be talking about this, I promise you. This is going to be our theme. Drop the net. Now, I was going to, we were going to go with drop the nets, but somebody told me, a couple of guys told me, you know, we're, this isn't just about the Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets. So, so we're, we're going <laughs> to, it's not going to be drop the nets, but we're going to be drop the net. And I mean it in two ways. Here's the first way. If you're like Peter and his brother, and something is holding you up from following Jesus, just drop it. Drop the net. Just drop it. If you got a boat, abandon it. If you have a father that's holding you up, Leave him standing in the boat with his mouth wide open because I'll tell you why. Because following Jesus is better. (laughs) Just just think about about the adventure that, that these guys were about to go on. It would be hard. There would be days of despair. But then they saw him rise from the dead. What? Whatever it is that's stopping you from following Jesus radically, just just drop it. Drop the net. But I also mean it in a second way. 
there are people in your life that need a bright light. And you have it. Let it shine. Drop the net, you know? Take the word of the gospel that, that we've been given so richly and drop the nets into the waters. Be, be fishers of people, as Jesus says. Drop the net. You know, we got exciting plans this year, and we're going to talk about this later today and, and next week. Please come next week. We're going to we're going to be having our annual meeting, and we're going to share with you our plans. But anything that we do this next year, it's all going to be about dropping the net. If we knock down this wall, I hope we do. It's not because we want to glorify ourselves or have a nicer space for ourselves. If that's the reason why we're doing it, let's not do it. Let's drop the net. We're going to knock down that wall because we want more people in here. It's the honest goodness truth. Let's drop the net. Anything that we're going to do, let's not do it because we're going to have fun. Let's do it because it gives us the opportunity to bring our friends and our family. We're, I'm going to announce later today that we have, we have Creative Canvas coming up in February. Let's, let's do the Creative Canvas. It sounds fun, doesn't it? But let's bring somebody along to introduce them to our Christian community. We've got something here. Let's drop. Let's drop the nets. Let's drop the nets. Let's lean in right behind Jesus, get behind him, and follow him wherever he leads. Amen.